Welcome back to Core Conversations, a CoreLogic podcast. I am your host, May Claire Bolton-Smith, and I'm the Senior Leader of Research and Content Strategy with CoreLogic. In this podcast, we'll have conversations with industry experts about key topics, from housing affordability to the impacts of natural disasters on property. At CoreLogic, in addition to the pursuit of helping people find, buy, and protect the homes they love, we're also passionate about supporting the local communities they live in. For episode three of Core Conversations, we'll be sharing one of those causes close to our heart, Basecamp Coding Academy, a revolutionary project in Water Valley, Mississippi. As the cost of higher education increases, every student accepted to Basecamp receives a 100% scholarship, giving high school graduates, who otherwise may not have had the means, a new opportunity to learn real-world technologies, coding, app development, and leadership skills in a rigorous 12-month program that then seeks to place those students in great jobs, lifting up the community. So today, I welcome Kagan Coughlin, co-founder of Basecamp Coding Academy and CoreLogic alumnus. Kagan, thank you so much for joining me today on Core Conversations. Thank you so much for having me. I am so tickled to be here. And I've thought through who is probably listening to your podcast, and I love the idea of stealing their attention from their business-focused minds and, and focusing them over here for just a minute. I love that. That's so great. So to get started today, why don't you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, me. So hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I could have prepared this better. That's okay. um, well, I am an alumnus of the mortgage industry. Uh, who started his career with Fannie Mae in Washington, D.C., and found myself 14 years ago moving to rural Mississippi to work with a software company who about three years ago joined the CoreLogic uh, family. And with a career that started as a financial analyst uh, with Fannie Mae and transitioned into product management of software platforms, I was expecting to spend two years in rural Mississippi before returning to one of the major <laughs> metropolitan areas. And my wife and I fell in love with this region of America. And we've been here for 14 years. We've had two children and we are, we're here. That's so great. And I think with a background like that, a lot of our listeners will really identify with with parts of, of who you've been and where you've come from. So let's dive in to Basecamp coding. How did you first dream up, dream up the concept for Basecamp? So it, it's kind of a, a product of working in software and finance in a rural part of the country where talent is hard to come by. Uh, so FNC, which was the software company that was purchased by CoreLogic, operates out of Oxford, Mississippi, and serves all the major financial institutions in the country with some pretty complicated software packages and code-based platforms. And every day at that company, the number one challenge is finding new talent that can help mm. the company sustain and grow with its clients. Mm -hmm. So that is every business person's endless headache is where are the new coders? Sure, yeah. And we're not on one of the coasts. The population density isn't there. Uh, 
the institutions that have giant student bodies and computer science programs just aren't here. Uh, so that's a that was a daily concern paired with if you live in small town America, the students that come out of our public school system, some of them have the opportunity to travel and go to a higher education institution. Some of them have the opportunity to go to a more local community college. A lot of them don't have either of those, largely based on economics, um, some just based on social barriers. And so if you're presented with that every day, living in a small town, you start wondering why that is the case and if there's anything that you can do about it. And Glenn Evans, who is a very good friend of mine and used to be my uh, boss at CoreLogic, uh, we were having dinner one evening talking about exactly those two issues and had one of those moments where we looked at each other and realized nobody else is going to solve this. What, what can we do? And Basecamp was, was the product a few months later of that conversation. That's so great. It's, it, it's really something that's very near and dear to my heart too. Um, so I'm excited to hear a little bit more. So can you talk a little bit about how what you do is different from other learning opportunities that these students may have like apprenticeships or community college or trade school or university? Sure. Uh, I think the most foundational difference is we never looked at this as an education or training program, really, mm -hmm. uh, in, in the traditional sense where there's this, this separation between your education, you pursue an education, and then step two is you figure out how to get a job or start a career with that education. We approach this as some folks that had only had a background in our own professional careers. None of us have a background in professional education. Uh, so it was simply a business problem. And if you're going to solve a business problem, you needed to be much more practical about what the problem is and who you're solving the problem for. So when we first started thinking about how do you take young folks that have heart, they have the aptitude, uh, they have the time, there's nothing else competing for their time. Right. And the big gap is that they don't have the economic foundation to pursue these types of opportunities. So if the only gap really is funding, then can you build a system where the funding is competitive with other ways that businesses are currently solving that problem? And in rural America, solving a shortage of talent means relocating new staff. It means outsourcing to remote development groups. It means paying agencies to help you find new staff. Um, and it means constantly dealing with the challenge of replacing staff that has moved for your company and then in about two years is ready for the next step in their career, which often means leaving you. Uh, so we took a purely practical approach and thought, can we have a better solution, essentially locally sourcing talent yeah. at a market competitive rate? And that is what we went and talked to all of our colleagues inside CoreLogic and all the other businesses that have this similar need in our region. And we didn't really pull on the heartstrings and talk about a nonprofit or talk about the good works of Basecamp. We simply talked about a business challenge and we believe that we could solve it in an economically competitive way uh, 
and then it would have all these wonderful side effects of of giving opportunities all over the place but the core of what we were selling was for x number of dollars which you're already spending today you could have someone who is really thankful for the opportunity aggressive about proving their skill set and already culturally tied to the region that your business is located sure, in yeah well, the practical approach to it is it, it's something that kind of sounds like, well, a no brainer, but it's so important because that's not traditional university that so many people will come out with a degree and not have the practical knowledge to instantly apply themselves in a job. So that practical side of it is so important. That That's something that is unique in in this space of software development. The supply and demand ratio right now is so imbalanced that all of those you know, traditions that we have where we measure a new employee's uh, abilities based on where they've gone to school, mm-hmm. uh, which, which classes they've taken, yeah. Yes, everything that you, know, you look at other people to vouch for in some way, either that's an accredited university or it's another company that you trust their hiring practices. So it looks good on their resume when you're reviewing that is essentially out the door because everybody's already employed in this space. (laughs) And so if you have new talent, you need to be able to gauge their merit. Can they do the work? And if they can, nobody cares what they look like, where they're from, what their past experience is. It's simply based on, we have a business that is growing. Every business needs this skill set to grow. And if you can do the job, welcome. Please come and help. So great. So let's dive in a little bit more into Basecamp. Uh, can you talk about what's coming up for Basecamp Coding Academy next? I would love to. Uh, the answer is a lot. The, <laughs> the fourth class of Basecamp graduated this past May into one of the worst job markets in modern memory. Sure, uh, yeah. And we still had a 90% employment rate by graduation. That's unbelievable. Uh, Amazing. So when we first started Basecamp, we were planning on running a three-year pilot. Every class spends 12 months in the classroom. It's 40 hours a week. It gives us a lot of opportunity to learn Uh, what works with the students that we're working with uh, and what works with the industries that are hiring from this program. And in the first three years, we tracked every scrap of metrics that we could think were important to watch. And we went back to all of the companies that had helped us essentially try out Basecamp as a concept and said, this is how it's going. This is the success rate. This is the employment rate. These are the reviews from the hiring managers about how happy they are with the product coming out of Basecamp. Is this something that everyone is still on board with funding? And the answers were yes, more please. Ah, Which is wonderful. Every every new business would love to hear that. Uh, But since most of us are volunteers on the board, Uh, that became a huge question of how do we scale this to the the most effective size 
in this small community. Water Valley, where Basecamp is located, is a town of 3,400. Oh, wow, and very small. We, yes. How do we make sure that it is financially stable so that it is still here in five years and 10 years for the students that are you know, still in middle school and grade school today? And so we, we put together a whole strategy <laughs> which was full of rainbows and, <laughs> and blue skies, and then just started running towards that. And it grew the concept for Basecamp into the organic ecosystem of what would a system like Basecamp, which is effectively trying to remove all of the barriers between business and education and fully integrate the business community back with the training and education of their own future workforce, how would you facilitate that? And what we spent the last 14 months doing is building a space to house both a larger version of Basecamp along with all the complementary functions that would make this ecosystem more healthy. Uh, and practically that has meant taking an abandoned garment factory, wow. a huge abandoned garment factory, something that every rural town in America has an asset that probably in the nineties stopped having a useful life, uh, at least the useful life that it was originally built for and has sat dormant for the last 30 years. We took a building like that in the heart of this little town. And we now have 64,000 square feet of classroom and office and business incubator space where Basecamp has grown. Uh, the community college has co-located with us to offer programs that are both tech adjacent and coding is not the solution for every rural. Uh, so they are offering their whole slate of opportunities, which has never existed in this county ever. Uh, and then we have a business incubator with our first signed uh, software developer in residence. And we built onto the back the kind of the next stage, which is a place for businesses that are currently offering so much support to locate some of their actual business functions so that their staff can assist with the teaching process. And then students that come out of our programs would be able to essentially start their career under the same roof. Wow. That's just so incredible. It's I love the concept of what you've done and executed on it and building it in a way that it's got longevity, that it those kids that are in middle school that look up to maybe they had a sibling or a neighbor or they saw somebody go through this to see that it's an opportunity that they may have as well in the future. That it actually in the first four years, we've already graduated a younger sibling of in the first class, which is really fun. That's amazing. It's so, so good to hear and to see and what it's doing for the community. That's amazing. So with all of this new added funding and this big space, and you've got room to grow and expand the community, and you're really working to reinvigorate the community, what's this going to enable you to do? So we've, we've called kind of growing on the theme of Basecamp Coding Academy, we called our new facility Everest. And it is the first rural education and innovation hub in Mississippi. Uh, and we, our first task is to make sure that this facility is full. And that means that businesses and students are together every day, learning from each other and growing. 
And we're well on our way to that first really metric of success. This, the next step is to make sure that folks, and honestly, this podcast is a wonderful opportunity for step two, <laughs> is to make sure that folks realize how accessible and feasible systems like this are. And the costs are not out of range. Yeah. Uh, this facility has a very complicated, it's a byproduct of having a program, a nonprofit that was started by folks whose backgrounds are finance and tech. We put together a very complicated financial project, which will result in a, a debt-free facility by the end of this calendar year. So That's that means incredible. everything that operates inside this facility will not have that large overhead cost. It's like an endowment. And pairing that financial model with all of the outcomes that are possible here, along with repurposing a derelict property, uh, that it's, it's simply a use case that any rural American town can relate to. And I hope that word spreads and we should have we should have hubs like this in every small town. There's no reason why we shouldn't be preparing every young person in America for the next 50 years of whatever may come. I totally agree with you. And, and I love that we can use this podcast, hopefully to inspire others or show people that this is possible to do. And, and, and not even just, I mean, obviously for the small towns, because it's such a good invigoration and to bring back the livelihood of, of small towns. But I live in, you know, a pretty major city and I think it's still really difficult for kids that may come out of, may not have the opportunity to go to school or not know how to place themselves after. So I think it really could be done just about anywhere. Um, I did mention a little earlier, this is near and dear to my heart. Um, one thing that I've done for a number of years, my husband and I volunteer at the African American Community Center in our city, teaching kids, young kids from as young as five years old, how to code. Um, I also developed a science curriculum to help instill science being a, I'm a STEM advocate by heart, really trying to promote science in especially in young girls, but just across the board in underrepresented communities. And I think we see so much of that in inner cities and in small towns in rural America. So I absolutely love what you're doing. And hope that others are inspired to do something even if it's not building an Everest, but even just the idea of these small concepts that could really go a long way for helping the future. I, so without uh, embarrassing anyone, I imagine folks that are listening to this may be familiar with some of the CoreLogic folks uh, that I am so fond of. If, if I may. Yes, please. Just how much energy there is in people to assist. If you have an idea mm -hmm. and you reach out, one of the amazing things that we found with Basecamp has been a strategy of asking for everything. <laughs> when we meet a, a company uh, that we're hoping to work with, and if I, if I can use CoreLogic as a use case, four of the board members of our six board members on Basecamp are current CoreLogic employees, Sage Nichols and Glenn Evans and Bethany Cooper and John Marcellus 
are some of the most wonderful, ego-free, driven to do something good people that I've ever had the pleasure of working with professionally. And then Basecamp has just been a joy to have them as part of the team. Uh, when we first started talking about what a Basecamp concept would require, we had no idea of the amount of time, commitment, uh, honestly, personal financial commitment it would take sure. to make success. And those four individuals have given so much of their time over the last five years. You know, we had two months ago, we spent weekends here assembling the furniture for the incoming class. Those are eight hour days of senior executives <laughs> putting on gloves and, and assembling things. Uh, because it's so really, rewarding. It's, it's wonderful. And then for CoreLogic as a corporate entity, we didn't just ask for financial support. We asked for everything from little things like branded swag that the students can take home and show their families that this is a real place with companies that really believe in what they're doing to mentors who meet with students for an hour once a week for the entire year just to be a presence of someone who's watching and is proud of the progress each student is making, to campus tours, to allowing our students to come on site into an office building for a 40-hour work week, to get those new job jitters out of their system before they actually start their careers. It, it's just the last thing we ask for is financial support because Everything else seems like such a larger request in terms of time commitment. And everybody just says yes. If you present them with something that is yeah. so clearly worth doing, it's amazing. And I think that's that's it. It's so clearly worth doing because it's so rewarding to see how you can help people. I, In this day and age, I, we're all so busy, but honestly, we all have time. Everyone has time and we all have any in any industry, we all have knowledge and we all have the ability to mentor or help others. So I, I absolutely love what you're doing and that it's not just about, oh, give us money and then we'll do this, that it's about the people that make this possible and make it happen. So that's why I just think it's so, so wonderful. So I do love that you've called it Everest, your building. Um, so is the building, the new building, is it the highest peak or do you think there's still more to come? I, I hope that this is the first mountain in a whole range of mountains. I love it. Doesn't sound too corny. <laughs> Not at all. No, maybe I think the it's the flattest part of our country, maybe, maybe competing with Nebraska. Uh, <laughs> we're right on the edge of the Delta, but this is such a repeatable system. Yeah. And it's such a, a fast a way to realize an opportunity for a young person yeah. right now. Uh, it's hard. It's 40 hours a week for 11 and a half months. It's a full-time job for a year. Right. But for the young people in Mississippi today, that means at 19, they can be starting a career as a software developer with no debt, no life debt. Uh, it's essentially one year after high school graduation, and they are suddenly a valuable addition to any workforce. And they have a career ahead of them that could span 40 years, and they're starting it when they're 19. That's just incredible and really invaluable. So 
Okay. What's one thing you want our listeners to take away from today about Basecamp coding? I think, I, I say this to everybody about everything. I think it should always be a question of how, not mm. if something is possible. And if you're in the mindset of how can we make this happen? If you approach every problem with that and be willing to ask anybody and everybody for help, it's amazing what can happen. I love that. Just come with the positive intent of, I know this is possible. How can we make it possible? How can we make it happen? Versus, oh, is this something we could actually do? So I think you've really proven that coming with that, how can we make that happen, can really make something a success because it's really incredible what you and your your colleagues have done to make Basecamp Coding such an amazing opportunity for so many young people in Mississippi. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, if anybody is curious, I usually don't like to be the this, this spokesperson for Basecamp. Our students do such a better job. Ah. Uh, so if anybody would like to not hear from a corporate person uh, and actually see our students, our website has all of their personal portfolios. It, it truly is the place where merit shines. And if you are interested in diving into some students' code, if you just go to basecampcodingacademy.org, uh, every student that is currently enrolled and every student that ever has graduated, all of their portfolios are there for you to look at. Such a great resource. That's so great. Thank you for sharing that website. Well, Kagan, thank you so much for joining me today on Core Conversations, a Core Logic podcast. My this pleasure. Is, thank you for having me. It's been so good. So, for more information on insights into the property market and the housing economy, please visit corelogic.com/insights. I hope you've enjoyed our latest episode, looking at this philanthropic cause close to the heart of Core Logic. Please remember to leave us a review and let us know your thoughts and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to be notified when new episodes are released. Tune in next time for another core conversation.